Thank you, Mark, for that song. I do feel like traveling on, and when you get a little taste of heaven, you know, when, you, when you're blessed as you gather together and feel the presence of the Lord, you just can't help but want to travel on. Uh, traveling uh, to heaven is an onward progress. It isn't a, a uh, just sit back and do nothingness. It is a busy time to get everything right, to get our lives flowing the right direction. So everything about traveling has to do with being ready to make our heavenly home. I want to welcome our visitors this morning that are here. Our uh, OBU students that have joined us, thank you for coming. Uh, Facebook uh, friends that are listening this morning. Liberty Baptist family, thank you for coming and joining with us today. It is always good to come together to talk about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, so happy to have you. And uh, we're so glad that we're traveling on. And that, that song said it well. We feel like traveling on. We don't want to feel like staying at home. We don't want to feel like staying away. We don't want to feel like just not being busy with the things of the Lord. We want to feel every bit about doing what is necessary to move along in the things of God as we enjoy today. I want to thank you for prayers for my wife. She has, uh, she has done so much better and she had her, her uh, uh, other eye injection, her third on uh, Wednesday. And uh, doctor said when he saw her eye test, oh, you're much better. You're much better. That's a good report. I thank you for your prayers. It's, it's of course, the medical help that was given, but it is the prayers that people have offered up. And, and I've had so many stop me and say, we're praying for your wife. And I've said to, to several, I've said, how could she help to not get better when you're praying for her like you are? And she, she definitely is blessed and much improved. She's seeing her phone. She's seeing her iPad. She's able to see the dials on the washer and the dryer, the, di the microwave. She's able to work the microwave. Now, these are things she couldn't even do some weeks ago. But uh, thank God for prayer and answer to prayer. Thank you for praying for my father who will begin radiation treatment this next week. We, we thank you for all the prayers that have been offered. Thank you for coming today to share, allow me to share with you uh, God's Word, and this message will be entitled, Christ's Return, and then I've added <clears throat> a little part to that, Christ's Return, and I'm going to say, what withholdeth? Wow. Christ's Return, what withholdeth? I'm going to refer you to uh, verse six, 6 of 2 Thessalonians, and now we know what withholdeth. And now we know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Now, I want to uh, start and read Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 9 about Christ's return. Now, last Sunday I preached part one of this. And if you want to get this, it is on Facebook. If you go to Liberty Baptist Church homepage and and look uh, to last Sunday, uh, the messages are there of all of our services. And so that message would be there. It'd also be on uh, Sermon Audio. Uh, you can go Sermon Audio on online and then uh, 
bring it up by speaker. Our messages, uh, pastors and the other messages here are on sermon audio as well. So let's read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses uh, 3 through 9. 2 Thessalonians uh, 2, verses 3 through 9. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. That's the day, the coming of Jesus to uh, appear in the clouds in the sky to catch away the church. He said, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. And now we're told in verse 4 a little bit about that man of sin, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, who opposeth and exalteth himself above the, all that is called God or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. What a deceiver he will be. Verse 5, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Paul is making that clear. And then verse 6, And now you know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. And then, and even him, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders. And then uh, <clears throat> we'll go ahead and cl- conclude with that verse. Father, I thank you for your word that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word that reaches right down where we live. Your word that reveals to us as a mirror what we really look like. And Lord, I thank you that your word is a discerner, according to Hebrews 4.12, is also a discerner of our thoughts, the thoughts and intents of our heart. And Father, as our hearts are laid before you this morning, I want you, Lord, I ask you, by the power of your spirit, just to send your word and bring change, bring interest, bring anticipation, in the hearts and the lives of the church and uh, the expectation for the soon return of our Savior Jesus in the clouds of the air and that sound of the trumpet and the shout of the voice of the archangel. Father, we're anticipating that. We're looking forward to that and we thank you that that is about to happen. And Father, I thank you that we as your people We ask the family of God live and wait and anticipate what great event is about to happen any time, any time, any day now, our Lord is going to return. We ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now last Sunday I told you of the importance of verse 3 here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I mentioned the importance of that verse uh, and uh, where it says, let no man deceive you 
by any means, by any means. And I talked with you about deception that is in the church today, where I, ta- I talked about the false teachings that are going on in various places and in, in all kinds of ways. And so Paul was telling the church there, he was saying, let no man deceive you by any means, by any kind of, of false doctrine or any kind of things that will mislead because he said, because that day Christ's appearing shall not come except there come a falling away first. And I shared with you that uh, we're in a time when there is a falling away. We're in a time when uh, we see the interest and the level of interest in the things of God not to be uh, to the degree that they ought to be. We see deception going on. But before Jesus returns, there will be a great apostasy, a falling away, a falling away first. And I talked to you about how that this falling away first is a real sign of the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And how that there will be false and wrong teaching that originates in the church that comes in 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 such proportion that you say, how could I ever even believe that? That doesn't sound right. There's something that doesn't sound right about what's being said. So yes, the falling away is a sign that Jesus is about to appear and the man of sin is about to be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, these are names given to the Antichrist. The Antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition. But I told you there's something else that must happen first. I mentioned the falling away as a sign, but there's something else that's very important that must happen first. And I'll get to that here in just a moment. But before I share that, I want to talk to you just for briefly for a moment about the Antichrist. Now, there are several verses that mention the man of sin or the son of perdition. In the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, 1 John 2, 18, John writes, Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. And so John says, an antichrist or false Christ will come near to the end of the age uh, and uh, he will come and step on the scene as a ruler of the world to lead a great rebellion, a great rebellion against what God is trying to do and against everything that is from heaven. And that great rebellion, and I don't have time to read the verse but it's talked about in Revelation 13, 7. You can look that up and read it later. But uh, Paul's terms uh, for the Antichrist are several, and I wanted to just share a few of those with you. The man of sin, the son of perdition, I mentioned already here in 2 Thessalonians, but other terms uh, that uh, he uses or that are mentioned in the Bible or used in the Bible are the beast in Revelation 13, a scarlet-colored beast in uh, in Revelation 17, and then finally just the beast is referred to 
in Revelation 19 and 20. And these are names that are given to the Antichrist. And so now I want for you to look with me at uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. And I want to just highlight a few things about the Antichrist who opposeth. Notice that, verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is God. Now that's what he will do. He will come and oppose everything that is about God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple. He will attempt to pass himself off as God, as the, as the Almighty, as the, the, uh, uh, the one that has all knowing and is all powerful, uh, that uh, God that sitteth in the temple showing himself that he is God, showing himself that he is God. And then I want to refer to verse 8. Again, that refers to the Antichrist. And then shall that wicked be revealed. He has a program of wickedness. His program is not a program of peace and love and good things of the gospel and salvation. It's not of that nature. It is of wickedness and he is all about Wickedness, And he says, then verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Now I want to carry it on just a little bit further. Verse, uh, verse 10, he comes and, and has all of this deception after the working of Satan, lying, uh, lying wonders, the signs. And then verse 10, and with all deceivableness, of unrighteousness in them that perish. And then the last part of that verse, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. You see, uh, the, the enemy, he has his own way of doing things and he is deceptive in every way and he wants to keep God's people from making heaven. Not only that, but he wants to work his program to cause people that had at one time been on fire for God to begin to, to, to cool off and just say, well, you know, nobody else seems very interested. I don't think I'm going to be either. And they're in a vulnerable position of being deceived. Now, I shared with you last week uh, just a little bit about a man that I, I called him. His name was Pastor Apollo Quibaloy. Apollo Quibaloy of the Philippines. And uh, that man is a deceiver from the word go. Now, now here's what he calls himself. And I'm not telling you he's the Antichrist. But I'll tell you one thing. He is a Antichrist. He is a Antichrist. And notice what it said. I told you that he calls himself the appointed son of God. He teaches that he is the one through whom the father reveals his kingdom on earth. Now, why do I mention him? Why do I share these things about Apollo Quibaloy in the Philippines? Because he has gained, he has gained approximately two million followers. Two million followers. And so you want to alert people of someone like him. He's rather convincing. 
I'll tell you, he must have the evil and the deception and the work of the enemy on his side. Because to deceive two million people, that's a very sad thing. And so we've already learned enough about the Antichrist that we can easily conclude that we don't want to be any part of his program. We don't want to be any part of what he's doing and how he's moving to come on the scene And we want to be every bit aware of that. And so if you're not concerned about being caught up to meet the the Lord in the air, then I have to say to you, uh, you know, you need to get concerned. You, You don't want to have the attitude that I'll just hang around for the tribulation. No, you don't. That's not going to be a pleasant time. That's not going to be a good time. It's going to be when all havoc breaks loose on the face of this earth, and the enemy, the Antichrist, is going to promote his program to the extreme. And you don't want to just say, well, if I don't make it in the, in the rapture and be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, then maybe I'll just try plan B. I'll go ahead and stick around and give my life to Christ during the tribulation. Let me tell you, that won't be what you want to do. It will not work. It will not be what you want to do. And furthermore, I firmly believe, and I'm saying this, that you, to even do that, would have to give your life and be martyred. You would have to lose your life and give it up. But Paul said, now now Paul said this, and and this I think is where we need to be living. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Paul said this, he said this, uh, and he mentioned this as to who Jesus is coming for, in in the catching away of the bride of Christ to the church. Second Timothy chapter four, verse eight, Paul said, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but this is where we fit in. This is important. Not to me only, but all them that love his appearing. And so what I want to ask you this morning, are you in the group? that loves the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ that's about to happen. Yes, we're seeing signs of these things. We're seeing signs that Jesus is about to return. No, I'm not just preaching gloom and doom. I'm preaching that a very real event of Jesus appearing in the clouds of of the air and the dead in Christ rise first, we which who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm talking about a very real event, an event called the rapture of the church. Now, I'm asking you, are you this morning rapture ready? Have you taken inventory? Are you in this category of where Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, chapter 4, verse 8, to them that love his appearing. I believe we're going to have to love His appearing so much that we're going to be focusing on its coming soon and be aware that we need to be rapture ready and living in a way that we're pleasing our Lord and be ready. So if you love His appearing, I believe you will be ready. Now let's read uh, verse 6 in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 6, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, He said, and now we know that, or, or now we know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed 
in his time. We know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Now you need to get this because something or someone is holding back the man of sin from appearing on the scene. Something or someone, and I want to address that with you, is holding back the man of sin. Now, now I already said that the love of many is, is waxing cold. And should I say uh, that there's a great apostasy going on? These are things that have to happen first. But there's something else that needs to happen. And that is, here we are. He said that, uh, that, that someone is holding back the man of sin, the Antichrist, the man of sin, uh, keeping him from coming on the scene, on the scene, should I say. He will be revealed, verse 6, if you notice verse 6, that he might be revealed in his time. It's going to be the right time. It's going to be the time when Jesus said, I've had enough. I've had enough of his antics and what he's doing, and I'm going to catch those, catch, catch my people away. And, uh, and, and so uh, he'll be revealed at, in his time, in the right time. So remember, I told you last week that a real, a real sign of Jesus is Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three. They'll come a falling away first. I've referred to that already. That falling away of great deception, people leaving the truth of the gospel to believe a lie. Can you imagine that? Leaving the truth of the gospel to believe a lie. I mentioned that deceivableness in verse 10 here because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They were deceived. And so people today, in great deception, people are leaving the truth of the gospel to believe a lie. Imagine that. One thing we have to know is that's something we don't ever want to do ourselves. Leave the truth to believe a lie. And remember last week I told you we need to be students of God's Word. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so we need God's Word in our lives because it's God's Word that's going to keep us on the straight and narrow. It's God's Word that's going to make us aware of the deception that's going on, that's, that's passing along. And then verse 7, notice that. He said, Paul said here in verse 7, the mystery of iniquity is already at work. The mystery uh, is already at work. The mystery of iniquity, a behind-the-scenes activity of evil powers preparing the way for the big apostasy and the man of sin and the falling away first. The mystery of iniquity is at work. The mystery of lawlessness is at work, laying the groundwork of deception and the devil's assault on the truth of the gospel. Now, if you don't know your Bible, you're going to be vulnerable to that. You need to know what God's Word says. You need to be the student that you ought to be to study to show yourself approved unto God approved unto God so that you know what the Word of God says about these things, and that is the truth of the gospel. In verse 9, the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Verse 10, and I mentioned how he's deceiving and, uh, and how that he's busy promoting his wicked program of deception because, notice this, they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. 
people are vulnerable to mis- being misled uh, from the truth, especially if they're not tuned in to what God's Word says, Brother Phil. We need to know the Bible. We need to know it well. We need to study it. We need to hold on to it because I will assure you that the deceiver, the Antichrist, is going to be promoting everything but the truth. And if we don't know the truth, the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And if we know God's truth, we're going to be free indeed and not going to be vulnerable and taken in by the lies that the Antichrist uh, promotes in every way he can. So this is why we want to be aware. And, uh, and notice this now. Let's move on in verse 7. Only he who now letteth, or he who now restraineth, is the word. He who now lets, or he who now restrains, And the idea of restraining here in this verse, in verse 7, is holding back. Holding back, restraining. Only now he who who, uh, (coughs) letteth, or he who restraineth, the idea of restraining is holding back. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Until he be taken out of the way. Now, when you come to Christ and give your life to Him, He comes into your heart in the presence of His Holy Spirit and indwells you and He becomes your leader, your guide. He becomes the revealer of truth, the Holy Spirit in you, the hope of glory. And so the Holy Spirit in you, in the believer alone, has the power. Now I want you to get this. This is so important. Has the power, the Holy Spirit in you, has the power to hold back, hold back, the great coming that is, is going to happen in the Antichrist coming and holding back that man of sin from falling, coming on the scene, the power of the Spirit of God in you in the church. Yes. It's the Spirit of God in the church that's restraining and holding these things back, lest the, the deceiver be revealed even yet. It's the falling away. But it's the fact that in verse 7, only he who now letteth will let and he'll, till he be taken out of the way. We're holding back judgment until he be taken out of the way. And then it says in verse 8, And then shall the wicked be revealed. Then shall the wicked be revealed. And then when we're gone, when the church is gone, when the church is called away and, and goes up to be with the Lord Jesus to meet the Lord in the clouds after the shout, of the trumpet and the shout of the archangel, the dead in Christ rise first, we who are alive and remain go up. After that happens, we're taken out of the way. And when we're taken out of the way, then look out, you don't want to be here on this earth when tribulation breaks loose. You don't want to be a part of that. You don't want to be a part of that. And I thought, you know, tribulation, I thought of it as a judgment, a judgment of sin. A judgment of sin. That's exactly what it is. You remember what was going on in Noah's day. Noah built an ark. Noah built an ark and, and the floods were about to come. Noah spent a lot of time working on that ark and getting it ready. And the, the floods came, the rains came, but only after he got the ark. You see, it's like his, his acts of righteousness and following the righteous words of the Lord to build an ark for safety and an ark to, to escape as soon as the ark was built, then what was holding that back 
got in the ark and what was restraining it got in the ark and the floods, the rains came and there was destruction on the face of the earth. And there was an ark of safety. I want to tell you our ark of safety is in Jesus and he in us because it's he in us that's going to take us out of this earth or off this earth to meet Jesus in, in the sky. Now in 1 Corinthians, I want to give you just a little thought about that. 1 Corinthians six nineteen. 619, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, <clears throat> and you are not your own. Have you ever thought of it that way, that you don't really, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. That's the blood of Jesus that has bought you. You're not your own. In verse 20 now, he says, For you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so the spirit of God in you came in when you received him, Jesus, into your life. It was the Holy Spirit that brought about the change. You became a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 you became a new creation in Christ, but it was because God's Spirit was living in you. You then became a vessel and the Spirit of God alive in you. And I want to tell you, it's His same presence. It's the presence of the Spirit of God that's going to be responsible for quickening you out of here. For quickening you out of here. Now, one man said, he said this, one man said this, God is not in temples made with men. Now, I could tell you right here, this is a beautiful sanctuary. We're thankful for it, a beautiful place of worship. But it is not the fact that just we have this beautiful place of worship that brings God on the scene. I'll tell you, He's here in you. You that came into this church today that know Jesus as your Savior, He's alive in you. He said, uh, the man said, God's not in temples made with men, but God is in men made to be his temple. You are made to be a temple of the Holy Ghost because He lives in you. And uh, our very presence, get this, our very presence in this world is what holds back the judgment that is about to come. Second Thessalonians 2 6 said, What withholdeth that He might be revealed at any time? Christ in you, the presence of His Holy Spirit is holding back the man of sin, the, the son of perdition, the man of sin. It's Christ in you, the church. The church and the presence of Jesus in us is holding back that flood tide of, of rebellion that's going to be brought on the scene when the, the tribulation breaks forth, you see, and not until, not until we're called up to be with the Lord, to meet the Lord in the air. You see, we're the restrainers. We're holding it back because Jesus, His Spirit, is alive in us. We're holding it back. Christ in you in the presence of His Holy Spirit is holding back the man of sin. We're holding back the, 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 the Antichrist coming on the scene. And I want to tell you, when is the Antichrist going to come? Right after the church is taken out of here. Right after the church is taken out and caught up to meet the Lord in the air, then the Antichrist has come on the scene. And so I say to you, what are we doing now? Are we tuned in? Are we listening for the trump of God, for the shout of the voice of the archangel? We're here holding this back 
We're holding back that very event of the rapture. So are we listening? Are we ready? Are we, are we listening? For the time is right. Now I want you to look at Romans 8, 11. Brother Danny, you're probably not hearing me, but he used that verse earlier. Romans 8, 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken you Quicken your mortal bodies. Quicken your mortal bodies. Now think about that. Quicken your mortal bodies. The Holy Spirit in you will quicken. There's something that's quickening about the Spirit of the living God in you. He's made His home in you. You're His temple. Where are you taking Him today? I hope you're taking Him to the right places. Well, I can see you are this morning. You're right here. But you on Facebook, I hope you're taking Jesus to the right places. Because if you're not, you're not going to feel very comfortable where you are. If you're taking him with you wherever you are. But notice this. He said, if, if, uh, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ, that raised up Christ from the dead. That's what quickened Jesus from the dead. Raised up Christ from the dead. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. Now remember this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, you are alive and remain. Notice it says, the dead in Christ rise first, and you that are alive. Now you're alive. Think of that. Think about just dropping, dropping the, the, the mortal or the natural body, and it falls aside and taking on in the immediacy the, the uh, spiritual body, the spiritual body that then responds to the Holy Spirit. And he's, and then he said, uh, and it's by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So here's what happens in the twinkling of an eye. You must know this. First Corinthians 15, 44. Don't have time to read it all, but uh, it's about our bodies. It is the natural, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Now there's got to be somewhere where that change takes place. The dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive. You're not going to, you're going to put on a different garment. You've got on a natural body when that trumpet sounds and, and the, the dead in Christ go ahead of you. But here you are, you're tuned in, you're ready. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive are going to be quickened, are going to be changed. There's going to be a change from a mortal body to a natural body to a spiritual body. And that's going to happen. How quick is it going to happen? Well, it's probably something's going to go happen over at least 10 minutes. 10 minutes at least for that to happen. No, 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 no. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible. See, that's where you drop off that, uh, that natural body and take on the spiritual body. That which was, uh, was, uh, was incorruptible, you are corruptible, is dropped off and you take on the incorruption. He said then in verse 53, for this corruptible, must put on uh, incorruption this mortal, the mortal, the natural body shall put on immortality. And so I say to you this morning, are you ready for that great event? Somebody said, you mean I don't have to die to go to heaven? No, you don't. Because the rapture of the church provides for you uh, to make a change 
when the trump of God sounds, if you're rapture ready, if you're tuned in, provides for you to go right ahead, the dead in Christ go first, we who are, who are alive and remain, it provides for you that escape. Somebody said, I want that escape. I'd rather go that way than to go the way of death. Absolutely. And so I say to you, what are you doing? Are you occupying until he comes? Are you ready? Are you tuned in to the things of God? Are you looking ahead for what is about to happen? We're in a time right now, a, a pandemic across the world where we're in that. And, and I tell you what, I think that means we ought to do. It ought to cause us to fall to our knees. And I mean, if there was ever a tune-up necessary, a tune-up spiritually necessary, it's now when this pandemic is everywhere. And here we are, we ought to fall to our needs and pray and seek the face of the Lord, turn from any kind of wickedness, anything that would hold us back, and, and, and then pursue the things of God with more desire and more emphasis than we've ever had and, and so then I say to you, why then? And I'm going to share this scripture in closing. Why then is there a delay? Why is there such a, seems like a delay? Some have said, I've heard about the coming of the Lord all my life. I've heard about that. And where is the promise of his com- coming? When is he going to come? Well, I'm reading the signs and I believe there are more signs than they've ever been. Amen. When you look at what's going on in Israel, when you look what God's people are undergoing in, in, in Israel and how the people of God are getting ready. But I said, why the delay? And I'm closing with Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. Hallelujah. Every promise that He has made to you and me, He will fulfill. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, but is long-suffering to usward. Don't give up hope. Don't give up that he's not coming. Don't think that he's got you on the, the back burner. Don't think that God has sidelined you and forgotten about what he said in his word that he's coming again. He says he's not slack, but long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I say, why the delay? Because there's more people out there that need to get right with God. There's more people out there that need to get saved. There's more people out there that need to get a hold of the truth of the gospel and begin to live it and begin to anticipate it. And so that's why the delay. And so you and I have every opportunity. And so I close with that thought this morning. The opportunity is ours. The opportunity is ours. I want to have a prayer for our Facebook friends, Brother Jacob, as you come. Join with me. Father, I thank you for our Facebook friends that are listening today. There is every reason to get serious about the soon coming of Christ. Father, every reason to not take it lightly. Every reason to get our house in order. Every reason to tune in to spiritual things. Because it's, it's about to happen. It's about to happen. We need to stay ready occupying until he comes, busy with the things of God. And so, Father, I ask you for those listening, anyone that's unsaved this morning, that's listening on Facebook, may they surrender to you, give their life to you, ask forgiveness, and invite you into their heart that they be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 
Father, I thank you for that emphasis and that importance of being ready should it happen. Should it happen, may we be ready any day it's going to happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Brother Jacob.